I'm sitting in the, this is Amita Switlow, I'm sitting in the um, library in uh, Qualicum. Parksville. Parksville, I keep getting it wrong. Parksville, and I'm with Barbara Kerfoot, who served in India. What years did you serve there, Barbara? I think it was 1970 to 73. Uh -huh. I would have finished two years in 72, but I didn't, in September, but I didn't leave till April. Okay, so what were you doing before you left? Were you studying? Were you I had worked a couple of years as a public librarian in North York, just uh -huh. north of Toronto. And then I think I'd gone back to school working on my master's in education. Oh, okay. And when you went to India, what did you do? I was using my library degree. It was in something called, oh my gosh, Literacy International. So it was collecting materials on adult literacy programs. So I wasn't actually doing teaching. Or anything. Yeah, a lot of the people were teaching at that yeah. point around yeah. the world. And you were actually doing what we do more nowadays is skill transfer. Were you, you were teaching other people? No, oh, you I wasn't teaching, no. Okay. I was working with this organization which was collecting materials on any adult literacy programs okay. anywhere. And then they published a newsletter. Oh, wonderful. And, and what kind of uh, place did you live in? What? I lived in New Delhi. Oh, in the city. Which was not my image of what CUSA would be, but yes. it's part of it. Okay. Yeah. So big population, lots yes. of people. India to yet then and India today is a totally different place. I, I'm sitting with also with uh, Joey, um, and Joey just recently came from India uh, to, uh, you went on a trip, right? Yes, I did. Okay. Yeah. Do you have some questions to ask about what I India might have been like? I don't know that it would like? be that different. No? I went back several years later. Yeah. And you're often, if you've had a good experience about a place, you're hesitant to return because yes. it's not going to be the same. But I thought, oh, yeah, sight, sound, smells, it's not that different. How long after did you return to India? I'm just trying to think. It would have been later 70s. Just trying to think, 70s. So you were in a program that ended. We yes. actually ended in our terms work. of placing volunteers. Yes, yes. And and um, why do you think that ended? I mean, I think you mentioned something about the Indian people. Well, one question: we would get together. I can't remember if it was once a year or every six months. So people would share experiences, look at what we were doing. I think most of us felt that there were qualified Indian people that really could be doing most of our jobs. Indian had a lot of trained, educated people. There may have been the question whether they wanted to do some of the jobs we were doing. I think also CUSO, when they looked at the economics, it was probably an expensive region to work in. We were so spread out throughout the country so to bring us together and to support us was expensive. I, I wouldn't have been privy to knowing how it compared to other programs, but that probably entered in. Did you, did you eat, uh, did you enjoy Indian food and did you ever wear a mm -hmm. sari? Oh yes, yeah, I probably wore Indian dress more than, I mean, so what kameez, you know, more like this, yeah. and, um, but, but saris too. Oh great. And were you able to attend local functions? festivals and weddings? Yes, yep, yep. I mean, I guess part of my concern was I could get along in English very well, but CUSO, fortunately, I did go to language training, which I felt helped. I mean, England, India has 
you know, many languages. Many languages. And after a while, the family in the house I lived in was from the south, so they spoke. They were fluent in English. I mean, he'd been educated at Oxford. Oh, wow. Their daughter had been educated at Oxford, so their English was more impeccable than mine. <laughs> but if you know, they also spoke amongst themselves too, which was not Hindi. Oh. But I always appreciated learning some Hindi because it was the first time I studied a non-Roman script language, uh -huh. and it is very you know this symbol always has that sound. Yeah. So hmm. I've lost some of that now, but it was amazing how long. Oh, that symbol has this sound. Hmm. Yeah. Did you practice it often, the language, while you were there? We had six weeks training, okay. which was good, in the hills. And, um, but then, uh, you know, you don't. You travel around, you learn a few phrases, but you could also be hearing other languages. It wouldn't always be Hindi, because India is so diverse. So, so many years later, 30-some um, years later, <laughs> yes, what... Um, did it, did it have any effect on your, on your life, having done this service? Well, I guess then I eventually married somebody who'd been Cuso in Papua New Guinea. Oh, really? And then right after we were married, he had work in Nigeria. So we went to Nigeria, and I didn't have really a position. He had the work. Um, and then you make comparisons with the first country you've ever been with. And I must admit, Nigeria never measured up. <laughs> it just didn't have the same history. It was a different culture. They were rich in oil money. And so you made comparisons like that. Mm -hmm. And so, um, you so know, I'd gone to other third world countries. Mm -hmm. I had been to the Philippines before I went to India. Oh. I had serious concerns about going to India. All I just felt was poverty. I would starve because the food would be too hot, and, and it would be very dry. But um, it was an Indian fellow where I was doing a master's degree, made me question where I got those images from, which was very oh. valid. Yeah. I didn't starve. I still don't like very spicy Indian food, but I love Indian food. Just don't give it to me from the south. You know, I just, I don't want, and the same thing in Nigeria. It was way too many chilies. Uh, yes, you know. yeah, Nigeria is right seafood. So I suppose you maintain that interest. Um, when I came back, I eventually worked for CUSO. Oh. I was the first regional coordinator in the Atlantic. So oh, really? Where Marion White is now? Well, yeah, I'd lost connect, yeah. contact, but I, I, was, I was the first one. That really? Was. So oh. I guess the interest maintained then and then. That's what happened. I worked with CUSO, and then I got married, and then I went to Nigeria, so. What's your husband's name? Dan Hooper. Dan Hooper. Yeah. Okay, I've heard his name before from some other artists. Well, he was with, yes, the first group that went to Papua New Guinea. Okay. So that's. Wonderful. Well, will you give Dan our regards? Yeah. <laughs> he didn't join <laughs> he us He forgot last. to come last night. So, yeah. So I, I wanted to just, um, on the record, tell you that 15,000 volunteers later, over 35 million hours of service, and that's calculating people at a minimum of, of one year, and some mm -hmm. served way more than that. Well, it was a two-year contract when I went. Yeah, but I just, when I did my calculations, yeah. I imagined some, you know, ima today we have three months, six months, one year, and two-year oh. contracts, so they can be shorter, and some were youth internships. So 
35 million hours of service and you were a part of it and I really am very pleased to meet you and if anybody is coming to this region come to the library yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and say hello but I think we most would feel that they gained probably more than they gave I mean I got so that I had serious questions about what I was doing and at that point my travel went up <laughs> I thought okay I can at least experience the country more great but um uh, but then I realized we are often in positions in Canada where we question maybe what we're doing or the effect we're having. So I just thought, okay, all right, you know, just look at it the right way or something. Are you still interested in development these days? Do you still look at yeah. those things? Yeah, I mean, we're, um, we did visit, I guess we had one child at that point. We visited a couple who were in Zimbabwe with WUSC. World University Service, yes. and we went at a very difficult time because the country was very unsettled. Mugabe hadn't come into power. He looked like he was going to be great for the country, and we did travel around, but I have, oh, the military were very, very much in presence. Yeah. But the military were very prevalent, too, in Nigeria, whereas I hadn't experienced that in India. No. In a sense, I felt much more maybe safer in a way, though I had to come to grips with moving around as a single woman in India and find my own, where did I feel comfortable, where didn't I, you know, <laughs> where I just felt in Nigeria. I don't know, you were an outsider, you were labeled an outsider more in terms of newspaper write-ups. Oh, I see. You know, it was just, it was interesting you make those comparisons after you've had one experience because it's the closest thing you can compare it to. Mm. So, um, and Indians have <coughs> happened to be during the time you were there well traveled, well educated mm -hmm. so it wasn't such a shock to see a white person oh no 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 and I was in New Delhi which was big but the other interesting thing when I was in New Delhi the war, there was a, the war, a war with Pakistan and eventually oh, yeah. it resulted in the, you know, Bangladesh being formed so you know oh. you lived with blackouts and I can remember the Taj Mahal being you know, tarped over because it was such a definite landmark with the white marble. Oh, so really? things like that. You know, that was all. We, we felt fairly safe, but I can remember Cuso said, no, no, we'll get in touch with families if need be, but at the moment, it's okay. So that, that was, you know, I'd never really been in a country have you war have, before. Have you ever, uh, be, have you been in touch with any of the people you might have worked with in India at that time? Well, it was initially. Mm -hmm. um, then slowly kind of lost contact. The people I'm closest to now were five years in East Africa. Oh. And they're in, um, but I connected again with them through working with CUSO and Halifax. Okay. You know, and but who the others, Hainsworth. Hainsworth. Okay. And they're probably somewhat in touch because okay. some time ago they told me about a CUSO happening in Nanaimo and then I just didn't get there. Okay. Yeah, that was last but, year. But the others? Oh, I think no. I, I mean, Patsy Ann Phillips was the director then, and Margaret Hilson um, did some work. I recognize some of the names, but for quite a while, some of us were just because you come back to a country and you wonder, oh my gosh, what am I going to do now? I'm trained as this, but. And I eventually returned to the library field, but I did not initially. Yeah. I kind of I did different stuff. Well, once again, thank you so much. And, and Joey, how do you say uh, thank you or uh, nice? Danyavad. Danyavad, yeah. Yeah, Namaskar. Namaskar. <laughs> thank you, guys.
Ya, 